sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy October. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. If you are new to the podcast, thank you. Welcome. We have some really beautiful episodes. Check this one out and then and then go back from the beginning. It's a really fun ride. And for everyone else who's been listening. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, these soul chats, this cosmic exploration. It's been a really wild ride. And every time I hear messages from people and the experiences that they've had listening to the podcast, it really lights me up and it makes me really happy. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing all of that. We're in October, we're nearing the end, and we're in Scorpio season. And Scorpio season is a really mystical beautiful time. It's uh, mysterious. It's tapping into that thinning of the veil. It's this total rebirth moment, you know, the death rebirth cycle. And we are cyclical beings and we are, are always in this like cycle and this motion of moving forward. And I'm really feeling this rebirth right now. It's such a beautiful time. I love this time. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I just got to <laughs> that was my <laughs> that was my email coming up because someone just bought a ticket for Spellbound, which is also happening on Sunday. Oh, that's going to be such a beautiful night. I cannot wait for that evening. We have so many beautiful surprises. If you're still thinking about coming, there are a couple tickets left, not too many. So you might want to go and get them because I know that we're going to be sold out. So that's happening on October 27th at Common People Shop. It's going to be such a good, beautiful gathering with so much amazing food and drinks and we have some sponsors and just it's going to be such a cosmic evening. Um, We already got our outfits all planned and ready to go. We're really excited. I'm definitely doing like a Bridget Bardot kind of look, (laughs) which is my ultimate always mystic muse. So yeah, that you can find all the information on Topanga Moon website. Um, but yes, back to this whole rebirth, um, beautiful cycle. It really ties into the episode that we have today with my beautiful, beautiful friend, Genevieve Kang, an actress, a holistic nutritionist, and her whole journey and her perseverance in uh, the artistic life and her journey through so many things and she's arrived at such a beautiful place uh, in creating and and just really owning her process, owning who she is and getting to a place of feeling really worthy 
to do her acting work and setting that intention. And, and you'll hear her whole story of how she kind of oscillated between so many different world, worlds to land on a place where she really felt like, no, there's this call for a reason and I need to uh, jump in, no plan Bs, and just go for it. And it's that scary moment, but when she did that, it really opened up for her. The Her whole world opened up. And we also talk about um, some of her health journey on this episode as well, and she has so much insight into that. And she's also studied so much of it, so it's a really beautiful episode. Um, it'll be extremely expansive for people who are in the acting world or even in any kind of creative endeavor. And you know, you are just, you're in it, you're uh, along the journey. It's a lot about perseverance and just sticking to what you know is authentically true. I just love her conversation and her insights and she's just such an open, beautiful soul and I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. So let's get into the episode with Genevieve Kang. Hello and welcome back to the Topanga Moon podcast. I'm super excited because I have my new friend here, Genevieve Kang, and we have a lot in common as I'm realizing. We're both actresses and she's also a holistic nutritionist and has, um, wow, done so many studies within that field, has a degree in theater, and then she went on for to do a master's in communication, and then she went on for a diploma in holistic nutrition and has quite the beautiful, amazing journey. So I'm so excited to talk to her today about just the spiritual life of an actor and a holistic nutritionist and how that kind of like weaves in and out her journey up into this point. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. I've never done a podcast before, so I'm very excited. Yeah, this is going to be great. So um, let's just start with kind of the things that we were just talking about when um, when we just kind of met each other t- today. We're both going through moves, mm-hmm. you know, and that's such a cool – I always love when I'm meeting someone and I really feel like we, you know, you resonate with a person and you have a lot of interest and then you find out things like they're kind of going through the same transition as you are, you know. So before we get into your background and all the amazing things that you do, tell me a little bit about this move that you're doing, what prompted it, kind of like that draw to, because you're moving to BC, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that draw to go to BC and what you're going to be doing over there. Yeah. um, Wow. It's kind of, I mean, as I mentioned before, uh, we, or I have been in Toronto now for over 13 years. So I moved out here right after Mm -hmm. high school for theater school. Um, And (laughs) finished theater school and just kind of decided to stay. I was in a a relationship at that time. um, And so part of what was keeping me here was that relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to do more um, uh, school with my master's. Um, and I really just building my life here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really only, yeah, in the past couple years that I started to play with this idea of actually going back out west. I never, well, not never, but I really, for a long time, was actually um, resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I grew up, I grew up in a, a smaller town in the interior of BC called Kamloops. Um, 
and I wouldn't, it's a lovely place to grow up, but I wouldn't, that's not where I'd want to move back to. Mm. I would want to move back to Vancouver. Um, but for some reason I was like resistant to that for a while. Um, and yeah, but then something just like switched a couple of years ago where I could actually really see myself there and I was seeing less of myself in Toronto. Mm. Um, I guess maybe just through like personal growth and getting more aligned with who I actually am. Mm -hmm. Things in Toronto started being, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm really not like at heart. I want to be closer to nature and it's a little bit hard to access that in Toronto um, without driving out of the city, I find. So something that really attracts me to the West Coast is just having more access to like the ocean, mm -hmm. the mountains, the forest. Um, and, and having grown up even in the interior BC, like I was able to access those things and surrounded by it. That mm. just, again, it feels very aligned and natural. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a part of me that I need to mm. go back to to really feel grounded. Um, and then that's the thing too is also within the, it's interesting because in the past couple of years where I've had this switch, um, my acting career has also kind of um, developed and taken off a little bit more. And I've had, you know, in this, in the acting industry, it's, can be really demanding and you're on a lot and I'm I'm actually very introverted in the sense that I need alone time mm. to restore and replenish um and so especially when it's go 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 and a lot of output energy it was also part of the decision to move out west was um in that I kind of just like well, where do I want to be when I'm not on set where do I want to mm. be when I'm not traveling for work um and the answer is like in the woods, <laughs> in a cabin. Amazing. Um, yeah, just because I really like that's where I can really like ground down and um, restore. Um, and fortunately, yeah, where I'm at in my career too, I have the flexibility to like work's gonna kind of take me wherever. So again, it's where do I wanna be when I'm not on a job, when I'm not filming something? Um, where do I wanna retreat to? And I wanna retreat to the woods by the ocean. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do. But, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I mean, I've always loved being in the woods. Uh, cabins have always like felt really warm and inviting and grounding for me. Mm -hmm. And I've never actually felt like a city person. But like you said, it was like acting, you know, industry that also brought me here, mm -hmm. which I love that parallel with us. But there is something really like beautiful and really like um, kind of cosmic about that area of Canada, even though I've actually never been. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, there's something about nature, you know, and when nature's plentiful and part of your daily life, um, I think especially as an artist, like as an artist for myself, and I want to hear how, you know, your artistic process mm -hmm. all came to be. But for me, I've always gained most of my inspiration through nature and I always have to go ground into nature as well because you have like to be an artist and, and um, to do this kind of work, you have to go inwards. You really have to like know yourself, know your instrument, know your body. And to be in nature, it's like you get that reset. You get to um, really identify with your soul, with 
what you're feeling at the moment to process emotions. And that's so needed within this industry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about your process and how you even got into the acting world because everyone's stories are so unique and yeah. like that. Um, well, I, I totally agree with in terms of like having to be in nature. Like that's something, again, that switched for me in the past couple of years. As much as I was given all these opportunities um, and, and work in the acting industry, it's – I've actually felt I'm like I have trouble tapping into my creativity now in Toronto, mm-hmm. and that's I'm like where I'm finding it a little bit like uninspiring. Yeah, and I'm like, where is like why is it shut off? And then as soon as I like I had some opportunities this past summer to like go to friends' cabins or out of the city, and I like as soon as I'm dropped into the woods or or again by water is really wonderful. Um, I. My, yeah, everything just opened up in my brain that I was like, oh, ideas start flowing and stories and all this stuff. So, like, good stories. Yeah. <laughs> Storytelling. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, um, I guess, how I got into acting, yeah. I started, I guess, I mean, ever like, you know, a, a lot of actors, I as a kid, I loved performing and stuff, mm-hmm. but I definitely grew up in a household, as I mentioned to you earlier mm-hmm. about uh, um, I grew up in a very academic household mm-hmm. so I have three older siblings all very intelligent very good at what they do um, all very academic and um, kind of being the youngest in the family and just yeah kind of just feeling like familial pressures of having to live to a certain standard and do things a certain way um, even though I was very much into the arts and performance growing up it wasn't encouraged in the same way as oh but you'll go you know you can do that but also go and get a a, a university degree in yeah. math or science <laughs> um and so I felt like I, I started and so I, I I was my very first play when I was 14 in high school and I loved every minute of it mm-hmm. and um and then I remember I had a friend in school and she she'd started modeling and she had an agent for modeling. And then she started slowly doing commercials and acting stuff. And I was like, how does, how does, like, I didn't, I was so removed from the, that world. So I was like, how does that even work? How does like one go about getting an agent? Um, and so within a couple years, I ended up getting an agent um, in Vancouver. And um, so for my last years of high, couple years of high school, I was, driving my mom would drive me like four hours to Vancouver oh, wow. for like a two-minute audition and four hours back so you live four hours away yeah okay amazing. yeah um and so at that point my parents were very supportive of like oh she enjoys doing this great mm-hmm. um and still not really knowing where it was going to take me yeah. um and then with wrapping up high school it was still very much implied that I was going to go to university somewhere um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to study, except I really loved performing. So I applied, the only school I applied to for theater was uh, York University, which I'm not actually sure right now. I haven't really looked into it, but at the time they had a really <laughs> reputable theater program. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I came out here after high school, studied theater for four years. Um, and yeah, at the time, sorry, I also failed to mention, but I w- was acting so I guess I acted for a couple years professionally um, before I moved out here mm-hmm. um, and then it was kind of I took a lot of breaks because when I came out here for theater school I was like I don't want to do tv and film stuff right now I want to like be engaged in theater school mm-hmm. um, so I didn't get an agent out here right away 
uh, and actually what motivated getting an agent out here was um, I didn't get into because at York what happens is all the theater students I don't know if you're aware of it but yeah all the theater students we do the same all the same courses for the first year mm-hmm. um, and this may again this may have changed I'm not sure um, and then at the end of first year you have to re-audition to get in specific streams so there's like production if you want to do like set design and costume design kind oh, of yes, stuff yeah, or, there's, or there's or um, there's creative ensemble which kind of gets to do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and then there was conservatory which is the acting conservatory and that's I think what most people going to theater school want to yeah. want to get into um it's what I wanted to get to, into and I didn't and so as soon as I didn't get into that I was like okay I'm gonna go get an agent never mind this and I like I finished yeah. so I completed obviously my degree um in general theater studies but I was like that's fine if they're gonna say no I'm gonna go find someone who will say yes and that's when I got an agent Toronto and again I love that you still in that moment because I know what it's like when you get rejected (laughs) essentially (laughs) it's like we're we have to become professionals in getting rejected but in that moment still even at that age um there's still something in you that pushed you to be like well no I'm gonna find somebody yeah which is so amazing like how did you have that that inner knowing, you know, because it, it is really difficult. It's, it's really hard uh, industry to get into, mm-hmm. but it's like there is there is this beautiful aspect of it where there's so many avenues to go down. Now you can create your own projects. You can right. do so many different things yeah. in this like really crazy digital age where like it's so much easier to produce. There's just less limitations mm-hmm. at the same time as there still being the intrinsic, you know, hardships of being an artist, but kind of what continued to push you through and what was that kind of, you know, spiritual mental state that you were in? Yeah, I don't really know. I think, it, honestly, I think it was more just ego, like <laughs> e- nice. ego oh. protecting me of just yeah. like, okay, these people are saying no, but I still want to do this. Yeah. Um, so what are my other options? And uh, yeah, so I started, I like quickly found some on-camera acting classes here in, in Toronto and um, soon after got wrap out here. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's just, there's, oh, there's something, and speaking to the rejection of the industry, it's just, yeah, because I've, in the, it's been like, oh my gosh, I've, I've I guess I've been in and out of the industry, but over a span of 15 years. So again, mm-hmm. with like taking breaks here and there, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of encourage <laughs> yeah. for your mental and spiritual well-being. Um, but in that time, particularly in Toronto, because I only spent a couple of years in Vancouver mm-hmm. um, in, in the industry there, but I've seen, I would always see people kind of come into the industry and be like, oh, they're a new, like you'd see them in auditions or something or in classes and be like, yeah. oh, they're like new to the industry. And then within a couple years, they would kind of disappear, and then there would be new people. So, I, like, yeah. in again, in the span of, of 13 years that I've been in Toronto, um, I think perseverance really does. Because I, again, I've it's only the past few years that I've really seen as many opportunities, um, like consistent opportunity. Um, but I had so many years of not hearing anything, not mm-hmm. barely getting auditions, barely booking. Yeah. Um, like so much rejection, but just knowing almost like, but it's going to pay off and kind of, again, like 
seeing people come in and out and be just like, oh, they're like, and yeah, they're going to, they're going to go away and there's going to be more space for me. (laughs) But like kind of that, like, um, it, yeah, it is, there's so much rejection, but if you, I think if you really want it, you find a way to cope with that rejection. Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of people don't, a lot of people, yeah, don't last if that makes sense or they, yeah. or they can't because it is hard yeah. like it re- is really really hard I find that too I see the same thing of like people um shifting a lot too um and maybe they start off as an actor and then eventually get into photography or eventually get into yeah. directing or eventually get into something production um just because the specific path of the actor seems to be you know the, the more challenging of, mm. of, of all of them just because it's like um, uh, unless you're writing your own scripts and creating your own yeah. projects um, and even then there's you know so much left to the unknown when it comes to to that kind of stuff too mm. um, it there seems to it's a little bit harder because it's like you need to be I guess chosen for a specific project Mm -hmm. and there's so many people that are also going out for that Mm -hmm. you know and when I started to realize and hear from casting directors the actual process even getting an audition alone is such a huge accomplishment Mm -hmm. because of the amount of people going into it but it really has to be you have to go down to that um and for me it's always been a spiritual practice of um why like the whys like why am I here doing it what and like trying to cancel out the noise of whatever it is around you because I always believe if a project is for you it'll find you yeah and like the some of my you know greater projects have found me in the weirdest ways and not in the traditional going out for audition ways you know Mm -hmm. so it's been such an interesting journey and I love like hearing from you about that as well of like that's the perseverance and that's the like sometimes you're in a season where and this can be really for any career any kind of like moment along your journey of like you're in a season of like you might be planting the seeds and nothing is growing absolutely yeah you know and for you um it seems like you really dove into this like other aspect of yourself this other love the holistic nutrition Mm -hmm. building um even a brand around it so tell me a little bit about that and how you you know you kind of like oscillated I I I would seem like between the acting world then like this you know the spiritual holistic world Mm -hmm. then back to the acting world and it's been this like beautiful dance within your career and I think like yeah, tell me a little bit about that because I could just talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The nutrition stuff came up. It was funny because I finished my master's, and then after that, I I was I wanted to pursue acting more, but I didn't know what that looked like. So I was like, okay, great, I'm gonna get a job. So I got a job. I was working a couple jobs. I was working at a baker, like a, a vegan bakery, and then also nannying. Mm. And I was like, okay. And then otherwise I'm like committed to acting. But I didn't know, I was like, what does that actually mean? I think I was just trying to open myself up to more possibility mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But there was still some some blocks because I found in those two years that I was focusing more on acting, I actually didn't have that much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it was also in those two years that I was like, okay, I need to, I can't 
work at a bakery and be an Annie forever? What's like another option of a, of a, like a career path that I can do that's again, flexible, something I'm passionate about, um, and flexible in a way that I can, again, continue to pursue acting and with acting, um, as you probably know, it's like sometimes you've got to like drop everything and go. Yeah. So again, flexibility, flexibility was ideal. Um, so that's when, uh, out of just like yeah, personal interest, cause I was like, I was just researching a lot for my own health and mm. we can maybe get into that a little bit too, but yeah. yeah, just stuff that was going on with me. Um, and that kind of led me to like, oh, maybe I should take like, do this program it's a like a yeah a college diploma kind of or a diploma program um and it was just a couple of years long and I can turn it into a business mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was kind of like my route to, to nutrition was personal but also what can I what's a job I can do and make money off of to support myself while I continue again it was like still about acting oh in a gosh. way that's it that is so. my story <laughs> so, like yeah. that is Topanga Moon okay which I love it's like it's funny because yeah. we do love these things but they're there to support this like other love that is like so unpredictable yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah so I went into this program it was amazing I studied at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition mm-hmm. um and yeah, coming out of the program, I was, like, already setting up my business, which took – I would say it took, oh, my gosh, like, almost the first year just figuring out even my voice and, like, what I wanted to um, represent in that, like, the health and wellness space because it's such a mm-hmm. – it's becoming really saturated, especially with nutritionists, I find. Yeah. And, like, everyone's doing – like, there's a lot of people doing the same thing. A lot of, like, how do you stand out, basically? And mm-hmm. so it took me – and it took me a while to just – be comfortable in my own skin in that way and just mm-hmm. like well I'm gonna I'm me so I'm gonna be different no matter what yeah. um but it was within that year where I was kind of figuring stuff out and a lot of trial and error um was working with clients one-on-one dabbling with like workshops hosting events that kind of thing um but I literally woke up one morning and just felt a huge void in my life and I was like what's mm-hmm. like what why something's missing mm. and it was this feel like what was missing was not feeling creatively fulfilled mm. even though a big part of um holistic nutrition and something I did a lot of was like recipe development for other companies and stuff and I love cooking and like like all that stuff and it is very creative but there was still something missing and I was like oh it's because I'm not acting and and I kind of because I was developing this business I put acting on the back burner um, and, or I think it was honestly like a mental state of, I have this nutrition stuff as a backup mm-hmm. if the acting stuff doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it was this morning that I, like, it was that morning when I woke up and felt this void that I was just like, I can't have a plan B anymore. Yes. I just have to do this. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I made like that, like intention so many auditions came flooding in. Mm-hmm. Within like a month, I booked a job that because again I hadn't worked and I yeah I, I hadn't really worked in a while like acting wise. Um. And yeah, basically I made the intention, made space for it to come in. Yeah. Um. Started re that at that point too like recalibrating like how I like how much energy I was putting into the nutrition stuff, in which it did become a little like I started kind of um, drawing back from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then, yeah, it was kind of a, a shift that just happened because I was, I guess, kind of saying no to the nutrition stuff mm-hmm. and yes to the acting stuff. And that's like a big moment of working through fear. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, and it's it's that breakthrough. It's that moment where you're saying, I'm going to do this anyways, even though the fear is showing up because I don't know what that future looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing for me to – and that's the breakthrough. And that's what, um, you know, Lacey Phillips calls. Yes. The magic dark where you're in this space where you've, like, made the decision – Maybe nothing's coming through in that specific moment, but you say, I can't go back. Like, I can't not follow this call. There's a call within you. And that really is what I always believe is what, um, you know, you're meant to do here. And you have a specific voice and a specific reason to be an actress. And you're supposed to communicate your own talents and your own gifts um, for that reason in that medium. Mm-hmm. And it's like always knocking at your door yeah. until you finally say, I'm not going to listen to my old story anymore. I'm going to like break through all these blocks. Yeah. And it's a really scary moment. So what was it? What was that like actual moment where you were like, I can't like I describe that feeling of like, I just can't deny this anymore. And I'm going to like walk through the fear because I think it's so important for people to to hear that and to resonate with that. Yeah, it was, it was that morning. I, and it's interesting because I had just moved into a new apartment. Mm. So this was like, I guess like a few years ago, I just moved into a new apartment and I think it was like during my housewarming or something. I had friends over or something. Cause I remember sharing it with my friends at that time too. I was just like, yeah. I, I can't, like, I need to make a switch. Like something's not... Again, where I just wasn't feeling lit up in the same, like the nutrition stuff that it's so interesting because I'm so passionate about it, but it was starting to feel like work. Mm. And I'm a big first, like I'm a big proponent of, I like, I just don't want my job to feel like my, like with acting, it's so interesting because I can be running on like no sleep, like beaten into the ground, yeah. but I can, I'm just like get up in the morning like yeah what are we doing like it energizes me in that mm-hmm. sense being on set is my favorite place yeah it ener- i mean it's yeah. also it can be very draining too but it's no but at the end of the day it's like very energizing whereas yeah. the, the nutrition stuff is for me was becoming like it just felt too much like work and it's interesting too because like i said so much was like recipe development and, and um cooking and i started hosting these mindful eating events and like yeah. that kind of stuff and it was taking the joy out of like i couldn't do those things because I had done all those kinds of things when they weren't a business and mm-hmm. they were so wonderful. But as soon as I made it a business, it was no longer enjoyable. Mm. Um, and yeah, because sometimes passions aren't your business. No. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it became, it was the, the nutrition work started to feel really draining, mm-hmm. I guess is what it was. And not lighting me up anymore, whereas acting. Um, and in terms of, yeah, so it was really that time like where I was like, I need to take this leap, mm-hmm. um, even though it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because in the, the few months that followed that switch, yeah, acting jobs just started falling into my lap. And I was like, mm-hmm. interesting, this is great. But it was also me having to, in my like personal growth, having to navigate um, that fear and mm-hmm. feeling like, wait, am I making the right choice? Was like, this a mistake? 
Um, also, as I mentioned before, like coming from a family of academics and just like, they're going to think this is crazy that I've done this and that I'm not focusing on nutrition, any like building that business. Um, so it was a lot of me working th- like simultaneously with, um, with getting all this acting work and it was me also having to navigate and like break through blocks mm-hmm. from like deep childhood stuff of just, yeah. yeah. Like the reparenting. Oh yeah. Stuff. I'm doing reparenting now for a third time. <laughs> yeah. What is your cultural background then? Uh, my dad's Chinese and my mom's Portuguese. Amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah, growing up in that, um, in those, like, differing cultures. Yeah. (laughs) That was also very interesting. Yeah. But I can can see that, like, both cultures would have the deep, um, like, you know, interest in the academics and making sure, it's all about, like, a safety thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's, like, very stereotypically Asian to be like, oh, yes, math, science, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. get, have a solid career. Um, Because my dad's, my dad's. Like, his family has been in Canada for many years now. Okay. But whereas my mom, and then with my mom's side, uh, she, like, her family moved to, uh, from Portugal when she was, like, six. So wow. it, yeah. it also has that, like, immigrant mm-hmm. mentality of just, like, well, we're providing, you know, so, yeah, we're providing these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Make the best of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, you know, don't go off and try to become an actor. And it, it does come from a place of safety. Like even when I look back yeah. on, um, so I'm fully Croatian. Okay. Both my parents were born there. Mm-hmm. So it really is that like, you know, immigrants coming over and having to like work really hard. And like, I understand that mentality of yeah. them wanting us to be safe. And, but it, we're in such a different cultural time too, where jobs don't look the same. You know, and we're really all waking up. We're in a spiritual awakening where it's more important for the whole collective for you to be lit up by your life, Mm -hmm. for you to love what you're doing, because then that's going to, you know, spill over to other people and influence other people by just virtue of you doing what you love. Like when you talk about acting, you're just like, your face changes. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're just like, yes, I love, I love doing this. And it comes from this like innate thing that it's so hard to describe and you don't, sometimes you don't even know why, but are you, um, do you know your human design? Yes. Are you a generator? <laughs> I'm a manifesting generator. Okay. And uh, so interesting because I just learned about human design maybe in the summer. Yeah. But I actually just did a, so funny because I did on Tuesday, I had a one-on-one session with, are you familiar with Aaron Claire Jones? So a lot of people are I familiar heard about with, her. Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of people are familiar with Jenna. Jenna Zoe. Zoe. Yeah. Um, and that's who I first knew about yeah. in terms of human design through Lacey Phillips. Yeah. Um, but then my friend Marie introduced me to Erin Claire. And I, I listened to her on a podcast. Okay. I'm not sure which one, but she's she's been like, she's a regular on someone's podcast that I oh, listen okay. to all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and her, the way she approached it, because I got a lot of information from Jenna Zoe, but the way that Erin Claire approached it just seemed to resonate more with me. Yeah. So I had a one-on-one session with her on Tuesday. Oh um, my gosh, tell me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just really fascinating. Like I find, yeah. yeah, I find human design so interesting. And because you can also, she does, she puts together these like blueprints for you where it is just like she reads your human design chart and yeah. then sends you like a huge document like detailing. Wow. Kind of the framework of who you are. Um, and then you can kind of use those, that framework to, you know, input it into your life and, and stuff. But, uh, 
yeah, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. It's, I just, yeah, it's so fascinating, that stuff. Yeah. Was there some things on there where you're like, wow, this is like surprising or like, um, you know, or you're like, yeah, this is totally me and she like, you know. I think it was that because it's so interesting. I've, I feel like I've done so much like self work in the past mm-hmm. few years that I do feel like I know myself quite well. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm doubting myself, I'm just like, no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just need to get quiet and listen. Yeah. Um, so I felt like it was more, uh, like, reassuring or, like, confirming the things I already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still really neat because it's just like, oh, wow. That, like, so I, again, it's just like, if you are having any doubt, it it's it can kind of move that doubt away. Yeah. And a manifesting generator um, has a lot of the same, you know, qualities of a generator. You create your own energy source, mm-hmm. but then you have that aspect of the the manifesting. Yes. You know, which is, I'm like, I'm a full generator. Oh, okay. So we're just like, you know, we need to work all the time. And we basically, yeah. same with manifesting generators, yeah. you have to do exactly what you love. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the only rule, essentially. Same with generators. Yeah. It's like when you are doing what you love, you light up, you can walk into a room and you can affect people in such a strong way yeah. because you are truly generating all this like beautiful energy from what you're doing. And then you yeah. can give the people like the projectors who don't have their own energy source more energy from mm-hmm. what you're doing. Are you a specific or non-specific manifester? Non-specific. Oh. Yeah, okay. which I was is so funny cuz like yeah, a couple months ago I was just like, "Oh, I need to find that information out because I've been trying to manifest an apartment out in Vancouver." <gasps> yes. And I was just like, "Why isn't it coming like and like uh, like putting I think too much pressure on it?" Yeah. But then I was just like, "Oh, is it?" And I had written a list out that was very specific. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't know if this feels true to me though to to do it very specific yeah. I just remember like hearing about Lacey Phillips writing out her lists and that sort of thing yeah so I did it and I was like this isn't doesn't feel right so then when I got got my my reading of my chart and yeah. it said I was non-specific I was like oh that makes sense because yeah. I think I I do I can even just be like I can say something to a friend who's like oh this is gonna happen in some in some capacity I don't know how or what but then that thing will come in, but it might not be exactly like again because I wasn't super specific. It'll mm-hmm. come in in some way or form. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you specific? I'm specific. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have to do details. So yeah. I I manifested this apartment that we're in, and mm-hmm. I every single detail that I had down to exactly how much I wanted to pay came to fruition and I wrote it all down not even realizing that's what I was doing at the time um I made a list I always make a list on New Year's and I made a list last year on New Year's and almost every single one of those has come to fruition um and it's it's wild because I even in that I wrote like I'm moving in November I don't know how I don't know why Mm -hmm. I don't know when it was just like this ping that I got Mm -hmm. and it's funny I was telling someone the other day that I thought I was going to move in January instead because my roommate that I had, so I switched my plans, even though I made that, I wrote that out and I forgot about it. Um, Because my roommate was going to move in uh, to Australia in January. So she's like, I think I'm going to stay for the next couple months. And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll just stay until then. And I can just like, you know what I mean? Like wait to to make all my big moves, you know, because it yeah. felt safer. And then through a crazy series of events, she's like, 
within a week, she was just like, I'm moving out now. And it, it was all this weird timing where as soon as I came back from California, I was there for two weeks. On October 1st, I had to make the decision if I was leaving my apartment or not for November 1st. And I was like, okay, okay. So there is, so for me, it has, it is like a very specific thing. Um, but with the non-specific, now that I'm, you know, after we're talking about your acting mm -hmm. career, that's how you're able to manifest when you just like, you know, went through the fear and you were like, I'm going to be open to whatever the universe brings for me in terms of the acting space. Yeah, I think yeah. there is with non-specific, and or just in my experience, there is some like not getting attached to, and that's what, mm -hmm. why I find even specific really fascinating. I'm just like, and it's so funny because I find there would be so much pressure with specific to like, it has to be this way, but I right. guess it can happen. Yeah. Um, it's just, and maybe that makes sense. I'm not specific because that doesn't feel natural to me mm -hmm. to be like, oh, all my eggs in one basket kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's more of a, and I feel with being non-specific, it's just going with the flow a bit more. So also mm -hmm. because I'm a manifesting generator, I believe, um, one of the big things is I have to wait for it, like, um, I respond to invitations. Mm, so as right. much as I'm a generator, I have that energy yeah, yeah, yeah. to get stuff done. I also am not supposed to really initiate, oh, which has been something since just learning my human design, like in the past eight months, which yeah. is like, oh, this feels like, so, and that's something I've really been trying to adopt. It's just like, just sit back and let yeah. them, or I can put like a, a feeler out, but then don't force things, Yeah, um, which has been good for cultivating more trust in myself and in the universe mm -hmm. um but definitely an adjustment in terms of just like no you just gotta let it come to you and yeah. and what you were saying even before about um with acting jobs or roles or certain things like that just knowing that certain ones are actually meant for you and those will come in it's like yeah. that but with everything in life just like yeah yeah and like I've been yeah like they come in and in, in such like crazy ways sometimes mm -hmm. and or sometimes the things have come to me and I know that they're a test yes and I know that they're not <laughs> I was just thinking about yeah this. and I know that yeah. they're not aligned with my ethics or morals and mm -hmm. I have to be really because it's so hard because like something came through recently that seemed very juicy mm -hmm. but didn't align with um just my morality of what I yeah. want to be doing as an actor, and even though I have done no work in a really long time, I had to be like, no. Yeah. And I had to just, I just have to keep on like trusting that it's either going to be, and I think for me, I think my journey right now is creating my own work because mm -hmm. that's been like, you know, the theme and like what's been coming in a lot from a lot of other mediums and psychics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's that building that trust muscle and just like knowing and knowing that like also the universe is super abundant because we think that we have such a limitation but there's so much like I know if one thing doesn't work it's something else is going to happen but you have to just kind of like be patient and wait surrender and just surrender yeah. and just surrender which is like so beautiful so with your new uh I know you just came out with this series you're on a YouTube series called Impulse mm -hmm. yes okay so was getting that role cosmic like tell me a little bit about that process because that's the the latest thing that you've been in right uh yeah that's come out that's come I out. also I filmed another series earlier this year okay. kind of in tandem like I was doing in the season 
season two of Impulse we were filming, and then I was yeah. at the same time filming season one of a new Netflix show. Amazing. Um, but, but yeah, Impulse, that one kind of, I remember getting the audition and having a lot of like other stuff going on that at the same time, I believe like I had family coming to the city because my, one of my brothers was getting married and he was in Ottawa. So we had to, like all these things mm-hmm. with like personal things were going on. And so the audition came in and I remember I had like very little time to prep, but I like prepped it and it was just sometimes again, and then maybe you can relate this, relate to this too, but again, you get certain scripts or um, audition sides or something and you're just like, you know, the character right away. You, like mm-hmm. it's, it's a, yeah, you can just, pull it out really quickly um, and that's how I felt about this one I was like I got this but also not it's funny because I feel like not putting pressure on um on myself always also gives me the best results mm-hmm. so just like yeah I've prepped great going in for a meeting with this casting director this is fine and uh uh yeah it kind of just it felt in the and I've been speaking about this a little bit lately with some friends but how acting just feels it's when it like flows out of you mm. again with and probably with anything like again it, that you're just like meant to do um and there's no yeah there's no resistance or force with it mm-hmm. it's just like oh this is just happening um mm. and that's how I felt about the audition it was just one audition um it ended up being a recast so there was actually an actress a different actress who played my role in the pilot um Wow. Yeah, but she went on to do it it's because the pilot was filmed like the year before. So within that year, she went on to do another project. So, so they recast and, uh, um, yeah, it. I don't like because I, I definitely at that point that I booked that job, I've been getting a lot of smaller stuff leading up to it. Mm-hmm. So again, I was in that flow of just like okay, bringing jobs in, but it was all like smaller stuff, and then that came in, um, and. It was definitely, like, helpful in terms of reassurance that I was on the right path that I was Mm -hmm. doing. Again, so if I was having any doubt about, like, oh, did I make a mistake? Is this the right choice? Should Mm -hmm. I be doing it? That was definitely, um, yeah, it was, like, the universe saying, just, like, no, we got you. You'll be fine. And it just gives you that, like, boost to, like, okay, and then, like, to get to the next step. Yeah, exactly. And what's the new the new series that you, that hasn't come out yet? Yeah, um, it's called Locking Key. Yeah. Uh, it's based on a series of graphic novels by Joe Hill, who is oh, wow. Stephen King's son. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's like horror fantasy. Um, so good. Yeah, very exciting. We don't have an official uh, like release date yet, but sometime in the new year. That's amazing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so good. So I'm going to pivot, pivot a little bit. Yeah. Um, I haven't even looked at my questions. <laughs> this is what happens <laughs> always. Um, I do want to talk about um, you you did go through a whole journey mm-hmm. with an autoimmune, and I want to hear a little bit about that, uh, what it is, kind of like, and the ways that you, you healed yourself in a holistic way or are continuously on that journey yeah. for that because sometimes it's like a lifelong um, lifelong journey for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, this. yeah, this was a little bit of also why I got into holistic wellness. So yeah. uh, when I was 13, 14... Um, I was diagnosed with lupus, <clears throat> which is, yeah, an autoimmune condition where basically, if you're not familiar, it's um, 
the immune system become can become hyperactive mm. and it kind of it's kind of like your body and the immune system becomes confused and doesn't know what is good or bad in the body and so it actually will start attacking um, healthy tissue mm. um, and so it can lead to like all sorts of things but um, it can lead to like organ failure and that yeah. sort of thing so um, they don't, I don't know, there's like some information saying it can be hereditary, some aren't sure. Um, I did have an aunt on my dad's side who, she had lupus and she passed away when she was just 30. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, there may have been other complications too, but yeah, it's, it's, it was being 14 and being diagnosed with that and then knowing that I had an aunt that passed away from it so young, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, and then it creates that story as well. Sure. As we're talking <laughs> about stories, yeah. you know, it's so wild. Yeah, um, but yeah, at the time, uh, the doctors I was dealing with, no one really, well, no one, like, yeah, no one advised me on anything I could do in terms of um, life, like changing my lifestyle or diet or anything. They just put me on steroids right away that would help with... Um, the symptoms I was having at the time, which, so the symptoms that kind of led to taking a whole bunch of tests to figure out what was going on was I had uh, really bad arthritis in my hands, knees, and ankles, sort of like feet. Um, and then I was also getting like skin lesions on like all over my body. Um, and yeah, so the, the, they put me on a steroid to basically help uh, relieve me of all the, the pain and, and that sort of thing. And I was on the medication for a few years, uh, and it honestly just, <laughs> I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Why? Like, I'm going to take this, this pill, like, every day for the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, this doesn't seem like a good idea. So I just started doing my own online research about lupus, what it is, um, are there any things I could do with diet and lifestyle to just, so that I wouldn't have to be on medication? Like, what are my other options? And without even telling my doctors, I was 18, 19 when I just like stopped taking the medication and started changing. It, and it was a very gradual change to even just my diet. So like before I just ate everything and mm-hmm. it was, I switched then from, the first step was literally switching from not having white sugar and like processed refined grains mm-hmm. to whole grain and okay, I can have like sugar as long as it's not white. Like just like not really, again, very basic stuff, not really having the knowledge. And then um, over time, I learned more and more and started to get also get more in tune with my body and what felt good and what, you know, um, what didn't. And uh, yeah, I made, like I've made, I guess, how long? So how long? I've, I'm 30 now. So yeah, it's been like 15 years or so since I was diagnosed. And within a few years of even just like, again, making small dietary lifestyle mm-hmm. changes, um, I was able to live symptom-free without the, the steroids. Wow. Yeah. And and today still, yeah. Unless, so the only thing, um, and it's only come up a couple times in the past 15 years, would be um, I've had a couple of flare-ups and they've like very much been related to stress. So I went through one in my mid-20s when I went through a really bad breakup mm. and my body just like shut down mm. so much emo- emotional stress um, mm. affected my digestion immune system of course mm. and then um, I broke out in a full body rash at that time mm. um, I had like cystic acne like it was really yeah and it seems that's that's my thing too is my my body loves to 
affect my skin. Mm. That's like where if I'm if I'm sick or something, that's like where it shows up. Because it wants to get your attention. Yeah. And that's the it's place. Sign, it's it's yeah. always the it's always the places that like we, we will really like see the attention and be like, okay, I need to do something. Yeah. And our body is always reacting to our internal world. Yeah. You know? And it's always trying to tell us something. Like whenever something's off whether it be you're getting the cystic acne, there's so much of it connected to our internal dialogue, the limiting beliefs, the blocks, Mm -hmm. the stories, um, and then couple that with the diet. You know, it's like a full-on holistic approach. Yeah. Um, Are you plant-based? I'm not. Okay. Um, And actually, it's interesting because – so when I went through this uh, breakup in my Mm mid-20s and my body, yeah, it took me a good – three years to like fully heal my acne. Wow. Um, and cause I did, I was doing it all holistically too. Yeah, so yeah. it does, t- can take longer, but I wasn't really into going the route of Accutane or all, all these yeah. things that have like other damaging long-term effects, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting in that three year period of trying to heal myself. I was also going to nutrition school at the time. So it was like, Oh great. <laughs> like we'll use some of this information, yeah. but it's so interesting, and I actually talk about it. Um, it's an older post on my website, my nutrition website, but I talk mm-hmm. about how, like, the, the main thing that I think healed my, my skin was, was meditation. Wow. Mm-hmm. And changing my mindset, because yeah. when my skin got really bad, I never, that's the thing, too, is I also, like, I never had bad skin before that time, so it was also, like, I'm in my mid-20s. I'm not yeah, supposed, like, this is supposed to happen when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and so it's just, like, but it already after following the breakup, like I my self esteem was like way down. Mm-hmm. But that just added to it. Mm-hmm. And oh gosh, I remember like there is a long time like a period where I just like I also didn't leave my apartment. I had friends come and see me. Mm-hmm. There's a huge period of like where I wouldn't get my photo taken because I just like it was so I couldn't look people in the eye. Like I'd walk down the street, I would like always wear something like all these things because I just like did not feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And then. So interesting, like even when you were asking earlier, but like when was the switch in terms of like nutrition to, to acting and all that kind of stuff? Like, because I also had a switch when I just woke up one day with my acne and all this and just feeling horrible, but then thinking like I can't, like something needs to change and mm-hmm. I, I'm tired of living this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and started waking up every morning, meditating, and feeding myself like so much even when I was looking in the mirror because there was a period where I like couldn't look myself in the mirror even because I was like I don't recognize myself um but then starting to instead of feeling shame about it starting to face myself and be like no despite all the way you look right now you still you're still like this this and this and you're amazing and incredible and it was that kind of stuff and yeah all the meditating um that I think really healed my acne it wasn't of course yes you eat lots of plants and mm-hmm. and do all that but yeah. um yeah I know I even did a like a juice cleanse recently mm-hmm. but what I really believe is that I think that I used the juice cleanse and I just believed that that was gonna you know heal whatever was going right. on at the time so it's that decision it's really so much of it is is mental like 80 yeah. percent of it I would say 
um, or more is a whole mental game, whether it comes to what you're trying to create in your life, manifesting, um, and it all is coming down to your self-worth and how do you feel about yourself and loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And meditation for me as well has been the biggest healer. You know, and Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about that a lot. I really love his his whole thing is he healed himself and so many other people through the power of meditation. Yeah. Because it's like those thoughts that you're placing onto certain things, you can make you can use those positive thoughts, whether it be like you're blessing the food or like putting that positive energy into the food that you're eating. Now the food has that vibration, is is gonna start to heal you. But it comes from the thought first. Yeah. And it's so amazing and I love that we're talking about this because you were able to recognize that it really is about loving yourself with all of that. It's the acceptance. It's the surrender as we talk about. And yes. it's, the, it's the loving yourself despite having the acne, despite having all the stuff going on. Yeah. And then when you get to that point, that's when it clears. Yeah. Like it's actually crazy because I just remember my skin started like even within a week of waking up in the morning and doing like not even that long. Like because I started with like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. which I know can feel really long and, and difficult at first. But um, so I think for that first week, I was just doing 10 minutes every morning mm-hmm. and my skin started to clear up. It honestly just started to look brighter. Like I looked, I looked happier. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though there was still, you know, it was still there. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. And like, I like, it's what people say about, you can again, eat all the salads and yeah. do all the things. And, but if you're just not feeling well, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually. I think the, the food gives you a little bit of a leg up, but it's all the other stuff yeah. that you need to do. So it's like, yes, eat the, you know, eat the like amazing food that's going to like nourish your body yeah. because you still are this vessel. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and also like eating a lot of candy or sugars or whatever is going to make you feel sluggish. It's going to affect right. your attitude. So there is that like symbiotic balance between the two. But it has so much to do with the, you know, that's why um, anything to do with uh, wellness and spirituality and having a clear mind and beautiful thoughts are so, like, integral to um, us as human beings, our progression, the collective, you know, Mm -hmm. shifting the consciousness, being a healthier planet, being a healthier person. And we really are our own healers. Yeah. And that's something that I think is so beautiful that you recognize that you are your own healer. Despite someone giving you some diagnosis, you decided, I don't need to have this diagnosis. It doesn't need to be my story. It doesn't need to be who I am. I can decide who I am, which is so amazing. Like I give you so much credit for seeing that, recognizing that, and not just letting that kind of run your full story, you know? Yeah, and I think I, I still wonder why they didn't, give me more information at like when I was diagnosed and I wonder if it's because I was younger so they just and because I remember the, the doctor saying to me it's like just keep on living your life the way you've been I'm just like well that's like for a young yeah, person like, what does that mean yeah and also okay so I can just like go off and like be reckless and maybe yeah. maybe again be harming myself but this this pill will take the pain away like it's mm. actually kind of you know um so but yeah it was really kind of taking responsibility for myself and I love that you just said that yeah um and you made me think of this too of just like yeah not identifying with Mm -hmm. 
a condition that I've been diagnosed with. And so it's interesting because in all the time I've been in Toronto, I have a rheumatologist here mm-hmm. um, who is the closest thing to a lupus doctor. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I go for, I was going every six months to see her and she just, every time I go in for appointment, she's just like, you're fine. It's like, you don't even have it. Like, and, yeah. and, and they would call it, they'd say like, it's in, re, you know, it's in remission is how yeah. they like to put it. But, um, but yeah, and she's fascinated because she knows I'm, I'm not on medication that I've just done this through diet and lifestyle. Um, but so long as I'm taking care of myself, I can, yeah, live symptom free. And, um, and yeah, I have friends too who are just like, you don't have lupus. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it is again, like when people get diagnosed with something, they think, oh, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and that can also, again, play into like feeling like a victim and you can't, yeah, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and it doesn't give you, cause then it takes away that opportunity for you to be your own healer. Yeah. Okay. To yeah. um, have, you know, just this, uh, you know, taking over your own life, like controlling your own life, controlling your thoughts, creating this beautiful life for yourself. We all have that and it's mm-hmm. all, we're all worthy of that as well. We're all worthy of having that um, be our, our life story, that we can, we can change it, we can have a beautiful future and nobody is exempt from that. And I think that's so important because we can really like, but it comes down to uh, taking the initiative, listening to your own intuition mm-hmm. and doing the research and doing the work. you got to do the work yeah. too, you know, you got to like look into all the things and do the research and make sure you are um, being healthy for yourself. However, that shows up for you. And then when you're honoring yourself and when you're honoring your own body, you can now show up for other people in such a bigger, beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, you know, that for for me, like that's such an inspiring story that even though you're given, you know, whatever this diagnosis, it's not, it's not your story anymore. No, it's really like, again, a lot of times I forget that I have that. Like, it, which is it, amazing. Well, because it was yeah. something that happened. Again, yes, it was a di- like the diagnosis. It was, it was something that happened in yeah. my teens, but it's it's been such a journey to get to where I am now that, and the way I live, like I, again, my diet and lifestyle and all those things, it's like, this is just how I live to, to be well and mm-hmm. to feel good. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, but then also, yeah, it was definitely like a transition. Cause that was, I remember when it got to the point, cause I haven't, like I've been, I haven't had alcohol in five years now oh, wow. and so that's an like it's like things like that that are always an interesting transition yeah. out of because the people want to know well why aren't you drinking and um again just but going back to even what you're saying about like no you know yourself you know what's good for you mm-hmm. and that's kind of what over time helped to strengthen my response to people when they would ask because I just like yeah. well it's good for me so even though yeah. you know um it might be different from what's good for you yeah um yeah. Just creating the life on your own terms to what's yeah. going to feel the best for you, how you are going to show up the best yeah. for yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you know, and it's getting over that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful that you're doing that. Um, you really feel like an old soul to me. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been told I know that. I get told that all yeah. the time. <laughs> Do you have any uh, spirit guides? Like what does your spiritual practice look like? Yeah. Um, I do have spirit guides. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I know. And you've been talking about them 
recently, because I've been listening, obviously, on Jimmy Podcast yeah. and all these things, and I don't have, like, I haven't identified them the way that you, I know you, like, you're, you have names. For, like, you know recently, yeah. this happened recently where I was like, I'm just going to ask and see what happened. Um, and they do feel like more like alien type of spirit guides. And maybe it's because I've been doing like so much uh, research on it and so connected to that kind of like world being in when I just went to Landers and we went to Giant Rock and the Integratron and then going oh, through my okay. whole like cosmic road trip through the Southwest, which is like, and in New Mexico and feel so drawn to New Mexico okay. that it definitely feels like I'm connected um, to that. And I really, I think they just show up sometimes in the form that your soul is going to resonate with. So maybe they aren't that, but like they present in that way. Right. So it connects to me. That's what I think. And yeah. then they gave me names, and they're probably not even actual names, but it's like you're being a human in this human form. You have to kind of create uh, human quali- like qualities to understand metaphysical things. So even I've been, like, listening to this podcast where they've been talking to the collective or, like, Abraham Hicks, who she talks to, you know what I mean? She talks through Abraham. But it's, like, we're giving names to things because in that realm, they don't really even need names. They aren't names. Right. And they're not – it's not the same as, like, our um, our own categorizing of, you know what I mean, being a human person. Yeah. We have these, like – names for things and timelines and we have this way of like knowing about the world I'm getting really like into this crazy topic right now but um so I think for me it's just like they've identified by something that would resonate within me okay so and then that can shift too that's what I've been noticing and just kind of trusting it because it's like yeah you could think you're crazy and I, I heard Paul first I'm like Paul why did I think of Paul or like is it really Paul but like yeah. I'm just like okay cool this is what this spirit guide wants to be called to me right now right so yeah cool yeah <laughs> so who are yours I, I'm just I'm aware that I have spirit guides okay cool yeah cool. um and in terms of I actually been working with uh an intuitive healer I don't know what to call I kind of I refer to her as an intuitive therapist okay an intuitive healer for the past well since early summer um and my friend Rebecca recommended her to me. My friend Rebecca is also, like, just incredibly gifted and intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I've been working with this intuitive healer. And it's all over the phone, which is, like, wacky to me. Because I've oh, had wow. such breakthroughs with this woman where it's, like, and I don't know how to describe it. Because it's, it's just an energy healing clearing. So, mm-hmm. like, I think of, you know, some people might relate that to, like, Reiki. Yeah. But, but then, again, it's also, like, she's... Um, because we t- we're, t- we're talking the whole time and um, she's, yeah, I guess channeling through like certain mm-hmm. things that my spirit guides are communicating to her mm-hmm. or things that she's just noticing in terms of energy in my body. And I just, I'll never forget the first session I had with her because it felt like, basically I'd been going to, um, I have like a, like a psychotherapist. Yeah. So I've been going to her for years and years and I kind of hit a wall with her just in regard, I felt like that stuff was like, great, I've talk through a lot of the things I'm working through Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um I've changed certain behaviors and and all these things but it's very conscious mind whereas I was like Mm -hmm. but there's like deeper stuff that I'm trying to access and I can't Mm -hmm. do it in talk therapy 
So that's why I started working with this in, uh, intuitive healer. And so the first thing she said was just like, I feel like there's just this like pit of blackness in like the center of your body. And I was like, yeah, no, I get that. Mm. And then after, basically by the end of the session, we, again, we did all these things. And then by the end of the session, she asked like, how do you feel? And we're like, I'm like, I feel empty, but in a really good way. Mm. And I feel like you just cut like a tumor of negativity from my, my body. And I actually, I envision it as like right here. Mm. And now it's like an empty vessel mm -hmm. that I just want things positive, negative to pass through, to not get attached. Cause I felt like it was like all this toxic like stuff just built up over years and years of mm -hmm. ignoring yeah. it. Cause that energy gets stored in the body if you don't move it through. Yeah. yeah. And not pass it. Yeah, exactly. Not like acknowledging it, not letting it pass. Mm -hmm. And so ever since this experience a few months ago, I've had a couple other sessions with her too, but I'm just like, great. And things can stay a little bit in that space and mm -hmm. I've, as long as it, needs, it takes me to process them, but letting them go. And letting go is just a big thing I'm trying to cultivate right now too, is yeah. detachment as things come in. Mm -hmm. Knowing everything is, nothing's permanent. Yeah. Um, which is a really, really hard thing to mm -hmm. cultivate, but um that's a big thing I'm focusing on right now in terms of spiritual practice. That's amazing. Um, also, as I mentioned, I'm redoing um, Reparent with, by Lacey Phillips for the yeah. third time. That's awesome. Which has been interesting because actually the first two times I couldn't get through it. Mm. This time I've actually been able to get through it, so I'm just kind of going back and repeating certain stuff. Um, also through my intuitive healer, though, we um, have come into contact with uh, what she refers to as my needy inner child. Oh. Which is also something that's been really beneficial to, to doing the reparent in tandem because, yeah. again, a lot of my stuff, I feel like, is is deeply rooted in childhood yeah. and and before even child, like my spirit before coming into this world kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, and even there's a generational trauma. Yeah. That, you know, I've just realized that and how much that has imprinted on my stories, my... And, uh, and knowing that I've like done so much of the work, there's still so much in there because it's generational. Yeah. It's like compounded over so long yeah. and you have to work through so much. And it just feels like we're living in a time where you can't get by by ignoring it anymore. Everything has to come to the surface. Yeah. Everything has to be shed. We're raising our consciousness. Being in this up-leveling and higher vibration means that our spirits have to also up level, which means we have to let go of all the old negative 3D stories, essentially. Yeah. And that's amazing that um, you can recognize that and then work with a healer. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, trust in that healer and trust that the when you're, you know, both recognizing there's this like black cloud to be like, okay, is that because your logical mind wants to come in and be like, oh, that's crazy. You're so weird <laughs> right. for saying that. Right. But it is a real thing. Like I, I work with my um, healer. I did like a one-on-one -on -one healing session and she's a friend of mine and she talked about this rock over my heart. My heart chakra is really blocked and I've known this for a long time and I'm trying to mm -hmm. now switch it so that that's not my story anymore because I keep talking about it as my story. But it really affects like I'm, I'm not a very emotional being. I don't cry a lot. Um, there's no... There's like a block between um, basically like light and energy coming through and light and energy coming out because there's this like rock, which is a protective mechanism and I know where it stems from and all that kind of stuff. But it's like 
we're working to like basically like knock down this rock mm. and it's like that visualization wow. of like yes. always chipping away at the rock which is so cool okay so we're gonna end um the podcast with this little game that I like to call cosmic pings okay so I'm going to basically start a sentence and whatever is that ping, that like initial instinct that you feel, you can just say however, whatever like comes to you in this okay. moment. So the place that calls you back time and time again is? The forest. Mm. Like just, it's where I feel most grounded. Yes. Oh, I love that. Plants are? Healing. Yeah. <laughs> healing. That's it. Um, that's perfect because that's exactly what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your favorite time in Canada and where? My favorite time in Canada. Yeah, like your favorite season. Oh. Autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, BC? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I bear. I haven't really been. I've been to Nova Scotia. Like Nova Scotia is as far east as I've gone. I because I have a feeling I would also like the East Coast yeah. just because again ocean coast, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I think the West Coast. Amazing. Um, the artist that's inspiring you the most at the moment is. Oh wow. Um. Do you, uh, are you familiar with Maggie Rogers? Yes. Okay. Because just unlike, I think, yeah, she's just a force. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, um, I went and saw her perform a few months ago and, oh my gosh, it was like exceeded my expectations times a thousand. I just like, I don't understand. Um, cause she yeah. just who she is, I think, as a human, really penetrates through mm-hmm. her music. She, her music feels like it should be in a forest. Like, she feels so connected to the earth. Yeah. And even that, I just, I always think about that, um, that one YouTube video that I think went viral with her and Pharrell, oh, yeah, when yeah, she's, yeah. like, you know, making that song. It's just, like, there's this true artistry that, like, comes through yeah. with her. Yeah. And she's, ta- I think, I feel like she's talked more about, Recently, I or I've been finding that where she talks about like again what inspires her and stuff, mm-hmm. and a lot of it has to do with nature yeah. and being in nature and spirituality and all these things. So there's yeah. just like a I feel like just everything about her I just really connect with. Amazing. So, yeah. um, the cosmos are. Oh. <laughs> the first word that came to me was just like I felt like my heart opened and it mm. just vast was the word that yeah. came to me. Yeah, I yeah. love that. You're so, I feel like you're so connected to the cosmic plane. Like, you must be from the Pleiadians or one of those star systems. That's what I'm, like, okay. gathering. Yeah. <laughs> Great. We, we can ask your spiritual healer. Yeah. We can see if she, yeah. like, can see. But you feel like some sort of, like, star star child or crystal child to yeah. me. Because you're so, there's this, like, um, just, like, innate 
incredible wisdom that feels like not only so connected to the earth and to the trees and to the water that you have this deep reverence for the planet and for the earth but it almost feels like you were up in the star system watching the planet and watching the beauty and wanting to go there and experience it and touch it and touch and be close to the water and be close to the trees so that's what I'm like just feeling right now so (laughs) who knows maybe that was channeled I don't know um the the mystical month of October to me is ooh I kind of just got this vision of like cocooning but also ex- then expansion mm. and growth um yeah it's like change mm. yeah I love that. And maybe that's just because of what I'm experiencing for the month of October. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm going through a lot of change right now, too. Yeah. No, I'm going through a lot of change, yeah. too. And does it does feel like that, you know, the change of season, the change of the colors, mm-hmm. the change of the landscape, the change of the temperature, all that change. It's yeah. like our bodies want to naturally change. And um, for me, it's like making those decisions to change, to go towards what resonates with my soul more, to feel more grounded, to feel more connected. And and that means me moving, you know, making that decision. And for you, yeah. that's the same thing, yeah. you know? So you can go and cocoon and and be inside a bit and, and really get back to your artistic roots and, and connect and mm-hmm. evolve. Um, and the last question is love is presence yes yeah I love that well thank you so much this has been such a beautiful conversation where can people find you if they want to see um any of your works all of your work (laughs) um well you can find me on Instagram is like in terms of social media that's where I'm, I'm most active so Genevieve KNG um, and then I also have Keycon Boulevard, which I haven't. Again, it's it's not like a not super active on on that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nutrition stuff is something I always keep with me, and who knows? I'm I'm kind of dabbling with like maybe creating a product. Mm-hmm. So there's always that. Like there's always going to be that avenue for. And I found some really beautiful blog entries on there. So I think it's like... Oh, on my website? On your website, oh, okay, yeah. Great. Go so to it's my like if, <laughs> if people want to go there and yeah. explore and read more of your story and want to dive into that aspect of you, I think it's really great. Yeah. And Impulse is yes. out, second Impulse, season. Yes, Impulse is out. You can get go watch it on YouTube. So yeah. there's free episodes that come out every Wednesday. A new episode will come out every Wednesday. And then, um, if, but if you want to binge watch it, you can also get it through YouTube Premium. Um, and then Lock and Key is coming up in the new year. We don't know yet, but on Netflix. Yeah. So exciting. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs>